The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hey, it's Mooney from the Mooniverse, and welcome to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast. I've taken the very best of what I've learned over the last decade of working in the spiritual industry, and now I'm bringing all the teachings, all the tools, all the resources, and all the stories to you in this podcast, where every week you'll meet a new spiritual entrepreneur who's out there doing what they love. They could be just starting out or finding big success, but I want you to connect to the stories and feel connected to the journey. I'll see you in the podcast. Hey everybody, it's Mooney and welcome to another episode of the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast. I have with me today Sherry Carafel, who is one of the students that's in my 21-day challenge, that's in my community, that's out there doing some really cool things. And so I just wanted to take a moment to kind of set the stage for what we're doing with this podcast. This is an opportunity for anybody who is curious about starting their own spiritual business or sharing their gift with the world or making money doing what they love or just being out there and kind of taking up space in this awesome industry that's out there creating these opportunities for people to explore the journey and find out what it's like to really be in the middle of it and see what other people are doing and get inspired by it. So Sherry, thank you for joining us and thanks for being a part of the podcast. Uh, and I, you know, I have this this question for you that I've been asking everybody. We're going to talk about where you've been, and we're going to talk about where you're going. But where are you right now? Like in the process of your business, in the process of doing everything, like where would you say you are right now? What's right in front of you? I believe I'm in the midst of it. I I attended my first event in July of last year, and then I decided that it was time to um, register my business. And so I was able to backdate my business to the first event I attended. And so I was really excited about that event. And that was in July of 2022. And that was, I was nervous and I had my posters and I had my business cards ready. And then I went to another event and it was in Halloween in October of 2022. And I was able to dress up and, and I was able to create my display setting for the theme of Halloween. And so I learned a lot of things at the second event that I need to um, make sure that I have times to take a break <laughs> because it started at 10 o'clock and I went straight through until three o'clock back to back doing readings on sheer so adrenaline. <laughs> yes. And it was exciting. So I'm, so I backed it in my business to that date. And so now I'm registered and I'm in the midst of doing the things I need to do to get my business set up online. So just to let you know, I just, completed my landing page this morning. Yes, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> so just for everybody who's listening, because we're jumping in right in kind of the middle of her of your story. Tell me what you mean when you said you backdated your business and that you registered everything. Give everyone an idea of what you're talking about. I think in terms of there are some people that can, they advertise their businesses or they, you know, if they have a YouTube channel, they can um, ask for subscribers or become a Patreon. But for me, I wanted to be able to provide a business locally and globally. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do it legit and, and register my business. And at this point, I'm, I'm identified as a spiritual entrepreneur. And I put my information in this binder just recently, so I have it handy. But I registered my business, I have a certified copy and I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't taken your course in April. I was stuck. And so that's what spearheaded me to get motivated. With that course, I was able to gain some ideas as to where to start and in regards to my spiritual bucket list. Then I got stuck. <laughs> the course ended and it was just lovely being part of a community. Mm -hmm. And so then I took a U-turn. And not that I didn't learn from that U-turn, but I got stuck and I'm still a little bit stuck until I saw the advertisement that you're starting an, an advanced um, business program with you and Radley mm -hmm. Valentine. And so I was so excited because I thought, when are they going to do another program? And so I was excited to get started with that. And that's what gave me the energy to 
start my landing page. And I'm still struggling with my website. So, and my landing page needs to be tweaked a little bit. But I think I can, um, once we start the program, I'm sure and feel confident that I will get the support that I need. <laughs> yes. And I got to tell you, like the, the thing that needs to be celebrated here is that it exists purely by the fact that your website exists and it's out there. It's a bigger step than a lot of people are able to make. So I just want you to like feel and own the victory of that, that you got it there. And now you can keep refining it and refining it and refining it. But that first big difficult step is already done. So congratulations to you on that. I think what I'm curious to know more about is describe where the the stuckness came from. Like what is, what is keeping you stuck? What are the things that you're bumping into? Just kind of share with everybody about that because you are absolutely not alone in feeling that way. Well, I think once the community ended, I was starting to feel alone on on my journey. And so then I got the fear mentality um, came into play and then my negative thoughts started coming in. You know, you talk about the monk and the marketer. There's part of me that, yes, I have this. I've got this. I can do this. And then, the, you know, there's the other one that said the other voice is like, what are you thinking? Who thinks you can do this? Right. And um, so I think I let the negativity get into play and then I got distracted and I thought, OK, if I'm going to start a business, I need a Facebook community. I created a Facebook community, started inviting other um, card readers to enter this community um, to practice their reading skills. And I thought it would be a nice learning hub. So that started last year and I went through and I actually hosted 25 different events. And so at first I was doing it every week, then every two weeks, and then once a month. And I'm thinking, okay, I learned a lot in, in terms of hosting and hosting live Zoom events, and also started doing breakout room events, mm-hmm. but there, I wasn't getting a lot of engagement. And then I was thinking, what would Mooney say? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm thinking, okay, so my energy is going into the community. And so rather than focusing on my business, I was focusing on, on in the community mm-hmm. and to what type of events I can host. And we even did craft nights and we'd incorporate cards into that. And I didn't realize you could do crafts via virtual, but it was fun. Um, Once I heard that you and Radley were doing another program, now I feel like I'm now going, I'm taking a different U-turn, but in the right direction of, when I say I started my landing page, I wish I could say I did start my website. I started it with, first I tried it with, uh, I think different with Google and trying mm-hmm. to figure out Squarespace and there's different ones you can try. And then I went to Kajabi, but it's very complicated. And so I thought, okay, I need to create a landing page before today. So I thought, okay, I'm going to create a Facebook page. And I was amazed at the amount of um, tools are involved in the, I thought it's just a page, but once I started entering my information, whoa, and, and then that led me to creating PayPal today as well. I felt a lot of energy to get a lot done, but I need some fine tuning and some assistance with that process from your program coming up. Yeah. And I mean, what you are talking about and what you're focusing on is this is all kind of mechanical parts of it, right? So it's all, you know, the elements of stitching technology together, things that are relatively uh, available, but you know, a- attaching them and connecting them in a way that'll support whatever it is that you want to create. What I have found and what I think is kind of out there is that most of this stuff is about 20% mechanics. And then 80% of it's going to be like, what's up here and how you are relating to the journey or relating to your outcome or looking at your goals or whatever it would be. So can you share with everybody, what is your vision or what's your goal for where you want this to go? I know because I got to, again, acknowledge you for 25 events online in varying degrees of relationship to readings is really impressive. Most people would never have done that. They would have, you know, maybe tried it once or twice. Oh, I don't know. 25 times is enough to kind of flex that muscle and feel really confident with it. So where do you go with all of that? What's the vision now? I was thinking about, okay, what do I do from this standpoint? And people say, you know, and I've listened to with coffee and a Mooney, I've, I've, 
I joined the 21 day challenge, but I haven't been able to attend a live event yet, but I was able to watch the videos and I got a lot from watching those videos. And, and you mentioned you go from 8,000 to one and you need to get yourself out there. You need to let people know who you are. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And I did. <laughs> and, and then I thought, I'll start Instagram too. But Instagram is different because when you post, it's a square. And so, mm-hmm. so then you have to shift modes. And so when I went into YouTube, I used Canva and I created a lot of videos of me doing cards, different ways. And then I started finding out ways of doing shorts. And I love doing shorts, but I started doing affirmation videos, creating my own affirmations. And I'm thinking, but that has nothing to do with card reading. I love make creating content. But I'm thinking, okay, how do I fit that into card reading? So I think I'm stuck again in that regard because because I can be like a hummingbird squirrel over here. But what about this? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oh boy, I need I need a landing page. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm stuck. Yeah. And in, in regards to what direction do I go? So some, and when I did create my Facebook landing page, some of the headings didn't fit. And so the one I ended up with was a coach. And I'm thinking, well, but I love teaching too. I did a Canva demonstration in, in, in the Facebook community. And I also did live. And I also assisted others one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, let me show you how to create a video. You know, so I love teaching. And so I'm thinking, okay, am I going to be specifically doing cards or am I going to become you know a spiritual entrepreneur um, guidance coach and that's what I ended up putting on my landing page but I also have Reiki and I also have astrology with Deborah Silverman I'm eclectic and so I need to learn how to slow down in the process and sometimes I jump ahead I need to stop and be mindful with the decisions that I make. And so being in your community, you know, I can't just talk to anybody about this, but when I connect with your community, I'm, I'm together with other um, like-minded entrepreneurs. And it's so nice to be, to know I don't have to go through this alone. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the whole reason for what I do. I think that's what I've kind of been able to narrow down is my overall purpose of why I want to do this specifically for people like you, which I would, I firmly classify in the magical unicorn, unicorn territory. So magical unicorns where you've got a ton of different modalities and they don't all necessarily connect and you know, you want to do all of it or somehow combine it or create an experience out of it. But you're not really sure how, so that you just keep hopping from one to another and nobody can really figure out how to relate to you. And I think that's what happens to a lot of us that are magical unicorns is that because we don't know who we are necessarily, it's really hard to get people to understand who we are and what we can do because we don't even know ourselves. Uh, and you are not alone in that feeling either. That's something that lots and lots and lots of people uh, that have taken tons of classes and gotten a lot of certifications and have done the work come out on the other side of it. And they're like, well, why can't I have 17 different kinds of services that I offer? You totally can. But from a psychology perspective, when potential clients are trying to come and work with you, if they hit a landing page that has a ton of different options on it, they have to start making decisions. And at some point, the decision-making process becomes too overwhelming. And they're like, nope, I can't deal with this. I just want it to be easy. I'm already stepping out of my comfort zone. So I don't need to then also critically think and try to figure out what it is that I'm the most attracted to. Like a lot of other magical unicorns that are out there, my recommendation always is, is to try to like come up with a functional list of all of the modalities that you feel really confident and comfortable in, and then create a whole process around that where it doesn't necessarily rely on one thing or that one thing isn't the entry point. It's that the experience is the entry point. And all I have to do as a customer is to say yes or no, based on the information you have available, based on your videos, based on who you are, based on you know what you've set out in the world for me to decide, do I want to work with her or do I not? Uh, instead of, do I want to work with her? Yes or no. And then now, which one of these ways do I want to work with her? Oh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to go over here. Where you're at right now is where a lot of us are. So I just want to establish that. 
Uh, the hummingbird thing, I totally understand because it feels like if you make progress on all of the channels, then all of them will be pushed out and in, in the forefront as opposed to picking one and really leaning into it and letting that be the thing that you become known for. I guess what I would be curious to know is, I know you've taken a ton of different classes and certifications. If you could kind of rattle them all off and you know you have 10 seconds, 15 seconds or less, can you tell me like all the different things that you feel, all the different modalities that you feel confident and capable in? I feel confident in facilitating um, groups. And so I took a course way back in the day. And I think that's where my passion lies. But in 2019, that's when I started the program with Radley. Um, I was going through, you know, a difficult time at that time. And so I was checking YouTube, different things like that, found Hay House, and then connected with Radley's Valentine's program. That's the Certified Angel um, Tarot Reader Program. And so I completed that course, and then it just sat there for mm -hmm. a while. Then I went back to it again in 2000. Well, I completed the course in 2022. You know, I was practicing on my own, but I didn't really have a community to connect with. So I think that was the thing. And so with all the different modalities, and then I took Deborah Sil Silverman's course, because they say tarot and astrology go hand in hand. Uh, my daughter and I, and I took it together. So we have our level one and two. So I think they go hand in hand, but I feel more grounded with the angel and oracle and tarot cards like this mm -hmm. these programs. So I think that's where I feel more grounded. So if I'm hearing the facilitation is a huge part of what you want to do, the card reading is a huge part of what you want to do. And then there's like a little bit of astrology mixed in there in the middle. And did I hear you earlier say that there's any energy healing or Reiki or any sort of a practitionership there too? My daughter and I received our master's in Reiki. And so we both have that. So I think it's time now. Okay. I think, I think I'm good now. I think I need just to figure out how to tie all those pieces together. Yeah. And so what's interesting too, is the fact that you feel comfortable now hosting events, and I'm assuming it's also online and in person. That's both of those things you like doing. Yes. Right. And that you also have this love and understanding of, of cards in general, which is tarot, Oracle, um, and otherwise. So there's cards, there's Reiki, there's this facilitation. Now I'm starting to get a more complete picture. And if I may offer this, I think that there's somewhere in the middle of all of this for you is the ability to create events where people can practice readings with each other on specific modalities. So whether it's, I'm going to test Reiki and we're going to do like a thing where I'm going to create this and here's your outcome. And I'm going to put you in groups of three and person A, person B, person C, and then you're going to go do that. Then you're going to switch. We'll come back. We're going to talk about it. I'll put you back in. We'll do this. That's an experience. This kind of like continuing education, those practice things. Those are things that people want. I mean, I'm seeing that with the clients I'm working with. I'm seeing it with Radley. Uh, I've seen it in the past where you do all this work and you can't really practice with your family because you know too much about them and you can't practice with your friends because you know too much about them. And you're like, just need somebody who's a stranger that you can say, all right, well, I know you believe in it. We're on the same page. I'm going to practice this skill with you. What would it look like for you if your business became about creating and curating those types of groups and communities so that people could join and pay like a monthly membership fee and be able to attend these, you know, different circles for lack of a better word to practice a specific skill. And it wouldn't have to necessarily even be, you know, related to a course. It could just say, Hey, if you want to practice your tarot skills, we're going to be doing a beginner's tarot circle and you can go and do this and sign up for it. It's five bucks a month. And you can join as often as you want for a year or something like that, or for as long as you're paying your five bucks a month. And then we're going to have this other one that happens on Tuesday nights. And that one's going to be for uh, Reiki practitioners who need someone to practice on or people who are actively in the process of getting certified and have to do this, this, and this, you know, I think what it turns into is it's like, I, I keep thinking of the Harry Potter dueling when they, the, all those parts of the movie where they had to duel each other for practice but it's a little gentler than that. It's it's this kind of sharing of an experience. Is that where you're trying to go with it? What's that? You're waving around. Is that it's your a wand? selenite wand. Oh, <laughs> I love it. 
So is that what you've been doing? Is that what is taking shape here? Am I right about this? Or is this sort of something that you've been wondering I believe, about? I, I wanted to create a learning hub and um, I wanted people to start taking turns, practicing, hosting events. Um, you know, if you're doing Reiki or something, come and host an event. I can help facilitate. I can show you how to do it through Zoom. Facebook, there were too many glitches. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of closed the group. Um, I have 36 members and I just closed it because I wasn't sure what I was doing in, in regards to what direction I was heading. But usually there was around six or six, usually around the same participants that would mm-hmm. attend. And it's, it, I don't think it, there were ever more than six people. And then I thought, well, why don't I just do a breakout room? But I can only have 100 people because I have Zoom. I'm thinking, who knows, that many people might show up, but I, I think I had about six people or <laughs> so. But You I, have but to even, start somewhere. Yeah, six and is the better first than time, zero. Yeah. And the first time I hosted an event, someone said, where is everybody? I said, well, it only takes two to do a reading. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I always say, whoever's here is meant to be here. So mm-hmm. when people are disappointed that there's not a lot of numbers, whoever's there is meant to be there. And we have an experience and we do that this in a safe, respectful space and it's sacred. And, you know, with the with the group that I have, I have the ground rules. Right. And I think that's similar to what other people have in the disclaimer. But it's really using respect towards one another, because sometimes readings may or may not resonate for everybody. Mm-hmm. And even if it doesn't resonate, that we need to be mindful and respectful to the reader and each other. So it's creating a safe space for everyone so that they feel comfortable coming back. How do you do that, though? So you as the facilitator, when people are coming in, because I want people to understand this, like any any business could do this, but a lot of them don't, especially spiritual teachers, because they'll do like a Zoom call where they teach, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily do like a development circle like this, where somebody can go and practice with people that are at the same level as them or practice with people that they don't know. So tell me about like the process of what this looks like if I was a participant coming to one of your development practice sessions. Well, I actually posted an event um, for Thursday (laughs) in my Facebook landing page. And we used to do like a a study group. Um, We would look, take a card deck and let's study it and we'll pull the card. And so in the beginning, we'll do our intentions. Like we can do a prayer. Sometimes I'll ask somebody, can you do the opening prayer? How do you feel about that? Trying to engage people. Sometimes I put people on the spot, but but it's all voluntary. It doesn't mean that they need to, but if they're not comfortable, then I will do that. We create the space with the prayer and setting the intention. Then we talk about the ground rules. And there was a lot of crosstalk at the beginning. So then we, I'd say bring a special object and this will be your, you know how they have a talking stick but this will be your sharing object and so let's say I had my amethyst so I'd go okay so when you're holding your object then it's your turn to speak and everyone needs to be mindful that this is their space we don't need to respond but we're here to listen so it's practicing that and then as the groups get larger and we're using zoom then we would use the hand Mm-hmm. If you have a question, raise your hand. For example, when we do the card um, study group, we each take turns. So sometimes we'll have a round robin and let's say there's four of us. Uh, so three of us will do what, do a one card reading for you. And so we each take turns and then, and sometimes I do need to interrupt if there's crosstalk and just be mindful, but it's done in a respectful manner. And I, I also have to do, watch my tone and might choose my words um, so that I'm being respectful. You have to be loving, but firm. Yes. I think that's something that a lot of people that haven't done it before don't realize is that energetically, when you're hosting an event or you're facilitating the event, the energy of that whole room and the energy of the space and the energy of the people and the preparation and kind of opening of their minds and hearts and and their their souls, essentially, to be able to be open to receive all of this is the responsibility of the facilitator. You can't just kind of walk up there and be like, well, hey, everybody, blah, blah. You know, you actually have to set an intention. You have to create that space. You have to control that energy and kind of play with it to get everybody into a a place. And and even sometimes you have to ground people because they're coming in from all over the place with wacky energy. And, you know, you have to kind of settle and smooth it out, right? There's so many parts of the facilitation, but from from the standpoint of somebody coming into the, the event, do you, do you guarantee that they're going to get readings, that they're going to give readings? How does it kind of play together? If you were to start doing this 
on a bigger scale, how would you facilitate the expectations of people coming into one of these practice sessions? Well, initially I wouldn't have people register, but now I do because I need to know numbers. Yeah. And then that way I can plan ahead of time because when you go into Zoom, you can either manually put people into breakout rooms or it automates it where they are automatically placed. So I would start with the intention. Everybody's in the group. You're doing your intention. Mm -hmm. You're doing your prayers. You're giving them guidance in terms of instruction as to what will happen in the breakout rooms. They go off into their breakout rooms and depending on the time frame, so it's time, whether it's 15 minutes for, you know, a one or three card reading, or the last time I had a 30 minute reading so that they could practice doing card spreads, but they would need to choose a card spread of their choice to be done in that time. So I usually put instructions of what they need um, when I, when I schedule the event, Mm -hmm. put the description and what is what's needed. And I always let people know that a video is needed and a physical card deck is needed for this event. And so when they go into their breakout room, then it's time, then they come back and then we share, okay, who would like to share, put up your hand. Not everybody wants to share and that's okay. So they come back, they share, then we do our closing prayer. Sometimes I can ask somebody, maybe I'll ask them ahead of time. uh, So I don't put them on the spot all the time. Because we want people to feel safe. So I don't do that often, putting people on the spot. Um, so, and then we do our closing prayer and then we end. So I usually like to keep it, if it's a study group, I do it for an hour. But if it's a 30 minute breakout room, I need two hours. Yeah. Because 15 minutes for introduction, 15 minutes for closing, and then they're in their breakout room for an hour. I used to have a break in between, but then if people leave in between, then that causes a disruption. So I just say, okay, you guys need to be the timers and at the 30 minute mark, you need to switch. Right. So, you know, and then there's also a healthy margin for the ghost in technology that things happen, even though we love technology and technology loves us. Sometimes things will happen on zoom and that you can't anticipate or something will happen on computers that you can't anticipate. And you have to be in a place of self-confidence that you can roll with it. So I'm curious, were you always technologically oriented or did you have to like learn how to become cool under pressure with the technology? Sometimes I'll have someone in the circle who's techno- technological, <laughs> but there's been times where I've, I've needed someone's assistance and they were good with that and we were able to roll with it. Yeah. But I, I seem to seem to have a way of figuring things out and I never knew I was te- technical before. And I just love Canva. I love creating and I'm learning more and more, but the website, um, I'm still feeling intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure whether to stay with Wix or Kijabi. So I'm, I'm really not certain what to do in that regard. So I, again, I will need your support once I, we start the program, once I attend. <laughs> so I'm stuck in that regard as well. We'll be back with more right after this break. The other thing that I I would be probably beneficial to decide before or choose before you go to picking a platform is what is it that you want to do? And I'm going to, I'll ask you that question and then I'll tell you what I, what I'm sensing is a good direction to go in, but what is it that you want to create? Like if you could wave a wand, your, your selenite wand and have like (laughs) everything just kind of fall in place, what is it that you envision you'd want to be creating you know, remove the technology, remove the timeframes, remove whatever. What do you want it to look like? I like the idea of a one-stop shop. I'm finding right now I'm I'm going into so many different frames, like and like there's PayPal and that's separate, and then um, the Facebook landing page that's separate, and and then I'm going now I'm I'm having a hard time finding my actual Facebook page. Now that it's all syncing um, mm-hmm. or synced together. And so I can find it on my cell, but I can't find it on my laptop. It keeps going back to my la- Facebook landing page. Yeah. I, I want to be able to have one space where I can have my PayPal, where I can send out my emails, um, where everything's automated and where I can host events, you know, because right now Zoom is limited. I can only host for up to 100 people. I'm not sure what other platform can hold more, but, you know, things have a tendency of growing. Mm -hmm. And so I need to be prepared for that when that time comes. 
And I'll, I'll give you this. I mean, so the, the kind of vision that I'm holding for where your business could go, if this is what you want, I keep hearing the word collective, like the collective. I don't know if that resonates with you or not, but it's like this because it seems like a group effort, right? Because it's not like you going in and just being like, hey, here's this, blah, blah, blah. You're like, hey, who would like to do the opening invocation? Who would like to do this? Who would like to, you know, so it becomes more than just a practice session. It's like, we're all getting together to try to create something. So that's why collective keeps kind of popping up for me. Even more specifically, that it would almost be like a yoga studio where there's certain times throughout the week where things are already pre-scheduled, right? So Monday nights, we're always going to do energy healing. Tuesday nights, we're always going to do tarot. However, it ends up taking shape. Saturdays, we're going to do like a three-hour, like, you know, monster demonstration where I teach you how to run it. And then you also do it yourself. And we have, you know, people coming and doing demonstrations in front of you. So you can understand how to use these things, or you spend an hour doing a review of a certain new card deck that comes out. And then you teach people how to do readings with it or whatever, whatever you want it to look like. But you find these specific times that people are available for this type of work. It's hard to do in the middle of the day. We're finding that. It's easier to do in the evening and it's way easier to do on Saturday and Sunday where people are home in the middle of the day to try to give them more of a unique experience of maybe like beginners in the afternoon and advanced in the evening, what have you. But that you are facilitating all of these different opportunities for people to flex their muscles, so to speak, or put their skills to the test uh, and doing it in the safe and loving bubble and container of these people believe the same things, they're similar things that I do, that they're all on the same journey that I am, that they're all hoping to learn something or sharpen their skills or whatever it is. So I'm not coming into a judgment-filled area. It's a judgment-free, safe and loving community of people who are doing this. Each opportunity is an opportunity for me to learn something, but I have to participate. It's built into the DNA of what you're trying to create is participation, right? And putting yourself out there and doing things, even if you're terrible at them at first, but doing it and doing it and doing it until you feel comfortable, 25 events, right? That's the kind of thing that I imagine I can see you creating this kind of template of an event and it's all structured in order to make it easy, quote unquote, on yourself in terms of how this would work. All I would need to do to join is pay a monthly fee and I could attend whichever classes I wanted to as many times a week as I wanted to do. So 11 bucks a month or something like that. And you get to attend however many sessions you want. Most people would probably attend one or two a week, maybe, but they would pick and choose based on their level of interest. They'd probably tell their friends. There'd probably be a lot of word of mouth. There would be the opportunity for other teachers who don't want to host their own practice sessions to come to you and say, hey, I've got a class with 600 people in it. I want to be able to provide this as a service. Could I partner with you to facilitate a circle every once a month on a Thursday night? for two hours, I'll pop in and say hello at the beginning, and then I can let you run with it. I already know teachers that would jump at the opportunity to have somebody do that for them. So there's multiple levels of how you could turn this into a super high functioning one-stop shop business for students who want to practice their skills. I'll give you the other kind of hint too, is that as you increase your package inside of Zoom, your ability for sizes of events start to increase. The more you, you know, like upgrade your account, the more opportunities you have for more breakout rooms. So you can put more people two by two in a room to do a practice thing and then bring them back in, switch them or bring them back in, reshuffle and put them back into the the room. So like, if is any of this resonating or is this kind of like what you think it's going to be? Is this, is this exciting to you? Or are you like, whoa, that's not it at all? No, it totally resonates. Like I'm feeling sh- like I've got shivers and, and. I think it's totally resonating and I'm feeling somewhat emotional because I think you hit the mark, right? So it's like, because that's what I love to do. And I love to teach. I love to facilitate, but I, but I love collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I think um, professional etiquette is so important. And I, and Radley teaches that in his course, um, in the CATR course, you know, it's really important to have that and to ensure that people you know, we start where, where people are at, you know, and, and I, that's what I like about your program is that I don't feel pressured to, you know, um, if I do create something, it's because of, of my own choosing, but I'm not feeling guilted because I'm not there yet. Right. So it's that respect of being, this is where my comfort zone, 
-hmm. but I still am able to feel comfortable sharing within the community of where I'm at and not feel scared. Oh, I still don't have this done yet. And, you know, it's nice to have the support from everybody. Oh yeah. And good. We're not, and no one's ever going to like, you're not going to get in trouble for not doing it. I think what you're describing is why I think being in the spiritual industry and trying to have a spiritual business is very different than anything outside of it, health and wellness, technology, you know, marketing, like all the stuff, all of those events are like, why aren't you doing it yet? Hurry up, grind, grind, grind. Whereas, you know, in the spiritual world, it is at the pace, at the consistency, at the, at the scale of what you feel called to do. And there is no external pressure that could ever be forced. I mean, I'll gently and lovingly kick everybody's butt if they need it, but like only if they need it, like I'm never going to put anybody in an uncomfortable situation other than to say the one push that I would give, like the only push that I ever give anybody is you have to imagine that somehow, some way in some small or big way, something you do, some answer you have, a way of doing something, a perspective on something, something you have that's unique to you could help a lot of people in ways that you have no idea or are completely unaware of. So the longer it takes for you to start getting the word out or the longer you delay you know, being out there and, and even in talking about what it is that you do, not doing it, even just talking about it, there are people who can be helped by that. So if that that may be like a motivator for some people, sometimes it feels overwhelming. But the reality is, you know, we're all trying to do this because not only do we want to help other people, we want to see change in the world, but we want to see changes in our own world. We want to help ourselves too. And part of getting over the the blockage of that, like you said, comfort zone a second ago, you know, comfort zone to me, a lot of people in other senses, like other marketing, other things will say like, oh, destroy your comfort zone, like blow it up, get rid of it, whatever. <laughs> that comfort zone has kept us safe for a really long time. It's not something we can just easily part ways with, but there are openings for us to move, you know, safely move outside of it or to expand that comfort zone so that we can find more territory to explore. And I think that you have done an incredible job of expanding your comfort zone without destroying it, expanding your comfort zone to take on the technology, to take on the facilitation, to even be able to kind of dream or think about where this could go is a huge step. And I think that the stuckness that you've been feeling is how do I take this huge idea and make it functional? And I think what you're going to find is if you can be really, really clear and start talking about the collective or whatever you want to call it, and start getting out there with this, this information, more and more people will say, you know what, that sounds like something I would want to do. And then they're going to come and find you and sign up for it. Or they're going to come and find you and look around and sign up for your newsletter and wait for the opportunity to jump in. The other thing that could happen is somebody listening to this podcast right now could say, that's the idea I've been waiting for. And they could go and create their entirely own structure of circles and practice sessions. And it doesn't take anything away from you because there's never going to be a shortage of people who need to practice their skills. There's never going to be a shortage of people who can facilitate these things. The thing that makes you unique is you, your energy, your story, your control of that bubble right around the event. That's all you. Nobody else can duplicate that. That's your process and your system. So there's no competition here. It's motivation to get out there and start seeing this happen in a big way. So I, I hope that's a gentle butt kick. I don't think it's too rough <laughs> that there are people out there who are lonely. There are people out there that don't have communities, that there are people out there that need this kind of support to feel good about themselves uh, and need the connections to know how they can relate to other people, need validation, all of that. So, I mean, I'll, I'll finish. That's my rant. It's done now. But, uh, you know, how does that all land for you in the sense that could this be the thing, this clarity be the thing that gets you unstuck so that you can make a decision one way or the other? I think so, because I had the tendency to get to a certain point and then I stop, right? Yeah. Just when I'm close and then I stop and it's almost like that fear of letting my light shine and, you know, and then I stop. So I tend to do that a lot. And so it's kind of trying to look at breaking through that cycle of, mm -hmm. of uh, that fear mentality of, you know, feeling not good enough and, you know, all those, the negative um, thoughts that come into play. So it's reframing those thoughts to positive and then focusing forward. So maybe that's why I'm, I'm taking all these different courses because 
I also like crystals and I'm just one homework assignment to way of getting certified with Kyle Gray's crystal um, program. And perfect. And, and I created a card deck. Um, it's a small one, but it's to do with chakras and it's completed. I just have to go through the process of getting it sent to print because I wanted to create a meditation to go with it. And then I wanted to create a guidebook. And so it would come with a kit with also a kit with shock uh, with the gemstones. So you, but are you seeing how all these ideas exist in the same bubble? A couple of things I want to point out. Number one, at the beginning of this podcast interview, you had mentioned that you had flung yourself right (laughs) into, right? You don't need to let go of the pattern of flinging yourself into the unknown here. I think what you're doing is not into the unknown. You're flinging yourself into like a bigger stage and a bigger arena and a bigger circle. It's not unknown to you. One Zoom call is just as with, you know, six people is almost the same thing as a zoom call with 106 people. It's just more breakout rooms and it's a different higher, you know, higher package inside of zoom, but it's not like you're going to have to learn new functionality. You already know. Uh, And then we were just talking a second ago that you could do a whole deck review as one of the circles on a Saturday. You don't have to do a deck review. You can do your deck review. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So Saturday could be, we're working with my cards here's my card deck. Here's how to use all of it. You can order it over here. If you don't have it right now, use whatever you have. But every week we're going to be coming back to this. So Saturday morning is all about your card deck every week or every other week or however you schedule it out. But I can imagine kind of part one of this would be looking at the schedule of availability that you have and starting to drop some of these development sessions or circles or whatever you want to call them into a schedule and say, how could I make this work? And how could I expand into these other areas? And, you know, I trust you enough to know that you've got Facebook on your side. If you're a part of a lot of different groups or all these different classes, always have a Facebook community. And if you're allowed to post in there and you're allowed to promote things that you have going on, it is the easiest thing in the world for you to say, hey, everybody, this is what I do. This is what I'm creating. I'm doing a test session. It's totally free for everybody that's here in the class. If you want to practice come on over to my circle and you can do this free class and and see if you like it, right? If you ever want to join it again, here's the monthly fee that you can get, you know, seven bucks a month. If normally it's $11, but I'm only charging you guys seven bucks a month. You can pay 12 months at a time. You can pay one month at a time. Doesn't bother me at all. Show up or don't show up. You know, there's no recording. So you have nothing to worry about in terms of providing any sort of after the fact thing. It's show up or not. And it creates an opportunity for them to say, oh, you know what? This Saturday, I can't go to the movies. I have to go practice my tarot reading skills. Oh, I can't go to the farmer's market. I'm going to go do some energy healing over here. I'll catch you next week. So it starts to become a part of their pattern. It's predictable. It's always there. It's something that I think you could continue to grow and offer in a lot of different ways to a lot of different people. I'm super excited about your business already. (laughs) I think I need to revamp a few things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I think I I honestly believe that your pattern of flinging yourself into the unknown is going to be the biggest help to you in this situation. Because if you stop too long to think about it, you're going to do that, right? You're going to say, oh, well, I need to fix this and I need to change that. I need to do this. It is the, the easiest thing in the world, as you already know, to go into all the groups or the classes that you're in, the ones that you're allowed to promote in and say, hey, I'm doing this. You are more than welcome to reach out to all of the teachers of all the classes that you've ever taken and said, I created a business that does this. Can I partner with you to create a circle so your students can practice their skills together on Zoom? You don't have to do anything. You can drop by if you want. You can let me facilitate it if you want. It doesn't matter. But would you want to partner with me? You're allowed to do all of this stuff. These are things that happen in an industry just like any other. You have a service that people need and people want that makes something unique or interesting you're absolutely allowed to go out there and promote that to teachers as well as to students. And that's exciting. It's, it's, um, yeah. And there's so many moving parts behind the scenes. Like, like, Whoa, I need to learn how to, when I'm doing card readings and videotaping, because I was trying to position my cell phone, I kept falling and I'm like, okay, I need to learn how to do that. And I love to learn because I can only help people as far as I've, you know, as to where I am. And so it's like, okay, I need to learn that. Okay, so I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, YouTube is going to be your friend when it comes to that. And, you know, I could tell you, but I think you'd have more fun figuring it out on your own. But all of that information's out there. Again, those mechanical technical pieces There's tutorials and videos and guides and pages. 
And, you know, sometimes in some cases, phone numbers that you can call to ask about whatever it is that's going on. I think if you were to lean into this bigger picture of I'm going to create a circle of circles or you know what I mean? Like it's going to be this collective of circles or it's going to be all these opportunities. Start small, expand, start reaching out in new ways. But I think this could be something that's really awesome for you. And you get to flex all of your muscles and then help show people how to do it for themselves so everybody can win. That to me is where this could go for you. I hope that resonates and that we see some some steps in that direction through this new program with Radley. I think it'll be really exciting for you to learn how to get the word out, to learn how to educate people about what it is that you're doing and how they can get involved and how this can benefit them. Those are all things that people are going to need to know about the services you're providing. Well, I just want to really thank you for, you know, um, for being on this podcast. I was so nervous and, and the conversation just flowed. Yeah. I do have my selenite wand with me. but <laughs> <laughs> So when is your next circle? You said it's coming up, but how can people find out more about working with you? How do they find the practice sessions? How do they join the Facebook group? Tell everybody how to get in touch with you. You know, everything is under my name. So my my business name is Sacred Connections at SherryCarafel.com. Okay. And so my YouTube channel is under my name. And so is my Instagram and my Facebook landing page is under my first and last name as well. Okay. So people, and you did that, which is a huge deal. So your website is SherryCarafel.com. So that's Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y and Carafel, C-A-R-I-F-E-L-L-E.com, right? Yes, but the only thing is I have the Facebook landing page, but I didn't publish my website yet because I'm stuck. <laughs> so. Well, now you don't need to be stuck. So <laughs> the thing that I would I would really recommend you think about is to get that page up and running before yes. this podcast airs. Now, everybody, this is like a behind the scenes thing. I would have stopped the recording a while ago, but I want you to understand like this is this being stuckness part. I get it. And I want everyone to hear this. So the Facebook page is great. It's harder for people to find it on Facebook in some instances. It's easier for them to get to a website. So even if you were to set up the website, what are you using? Um, who's your host for the website? Is it Google Domains? I have Google Wix, but I and I started creating that website, but then I went to Kajabi. Um, but that's quite expensive, but it but it has quite a bit, but it's very complicated. But it has a lot of instructional videos within it. So I'm kind of deciding which one to go with. So I'm going to tell you right now, for the sake of, of today and getting you ready for when this, because this podcast is going to air in about three weeks. Okay. And so everybody, again, behind the scenes, this is all good stuff. So if the podcast is airing in three weeks, you've got three weeks to get the website up in some form or fashion. It doesn't have to have a lot of information on it. It just needs to be functional, right? So people are going to come to sherrycarafel.com and they're going to want to know, how do I get to the Facebook page? So your choices are, have the URL when you call Google or you call Wix or whoever it is to set up a redirect to have it go directly to your Facebook page, which it can do. So somebody could type in your name and it would just kick them right over to the Facebook page. Or you can set it up so that you've got some sort of form on that page that says, if you want to join the Facebook page, put your name and email here. And then you get their email address and that'll that'll be part of the beginning step of your marketing. And you can invite them into the Facebook group or you can invite them into whatever I'm sure if it's Wix, they have a plugin for you to be able to take a monthly payment. However, it occurs to you that you want to do it. That's what I would have ready before the podcast airs. So that's your opportunity. And you've got three weeks to get it done. I think that would give me time because I, I did get quite a bit done on in, in Wix. And, and I did, you know, put my subscribe buttons. And in the below, I think mm-hmm. I put down, you know, subscribe and enter your email. Mm-hmm. There was a, there were a lot of so you're already done. As far as I'm concerned, it's done. Fling yourself into this okay. reality because I because I know that's like where you're at. Grab your wand, fling yourself in and just go for it. This is the the slightly more less gentle butt kick. You've got three weeks before this podcast comes out. I know you can do it. It only has to be one type of circle or study hall or practice session or whatever you want to call it. People are going to be curious. They're going to come and check it out. They're going to want to know more about it. It's going to be an opportunity for you to get new eyes and ears and then see where you can grow this thing or see where it can go. I, I wouldn't wait anymore. If you've already done all that work, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be functional. And you can worry about perfection later on revision 35. It can be closer to perfect, but this is one. This is your first iteration and it deserves to be out there. 
even in like web other industries, they do this pre-launch to try to break the website to see what's broken or what's wrong with it. That's the easiest way to learn where to focus on what you have to fix is let it go live, see what people bump into and take it from there. So I would really, really encourage you to do that. I'll wait for your email to let me know that it's ready, but you've got three weeks. You've got three weeks to get this going. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm super excited for you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on the podcast and everyone who's listening to that. This went way further than what, you know, I think we intended, but it's important that you see the behind the scenes part of it. It's important that you understand the motivations to get things done and that you understand all of that. And I didn't push you too hard. You can tell me if I did, but that's, that's really what the benefit of being part of this community is. That's the benefit of being part of any community that can see the positive in what you're trying to create and help you push some of the things that don't matter out of the way for now and just get you to where you're going. So three weeks, you're almost already there. You can totally do this. I believe in you. And I can't wait to be able to put your URL in the bottom of the description for this podcast and have people be able to click it and go straight to your website. Okay. Thank you so much. And I will send you my URL. (laughs) Yes. All right. (laughs) I'll see you soon. And Dinner and Amuni is coming up. So we'll see you on there. We'll check in with you then. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast with me, the Mooniverse, and another spiritual entrepreneur that's making a big difference in the world. To find out more, visit www.themooniverse.com. That's T-H-E-M-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.